What's up, guys? We got another episode of Love the Process Podcast. Today, I sat down with someone that I think is going to provide a lot of value for you guys. Cartier French Tony from Seattle, Washington. Um, he's a player development specialist, and you know he's worked with a ton of different dudes from Kyle Kuzma and Peyton Siva, you know Jalen and Jaden McDaniel Daniels. You know he's working with all different skill levels. And uh, uh, Hot Bread sat down with us today and really just broke down a, a bunch of stuff and gave a lot of free game out. I think this episode is going to be huge for both the player and the trainer. Uh, we talked about you know how to design a workout and you know what are the most important skills to have. We talked about his journey, you know, starting out training for free and, you know, kind of the level of dedication it takes and you know, how he always had faith in himself. We talked about the idea of yes men in this training business, you know, not always keeping it real with kids. Um, the idea if there really is such a thing as a heavy lifter in the training business, if you don't know what that is, definitely tune in. Um, and, and just a bunch of different stuff, the, the amount of workouts you really have to, um, you know, be doing to really have a chance to make it at that next level. And again, you know, this is going to be a lot of value for both trainer and player. If you guys rock with the podcast, again, I ask you to please write a review and give a five star rating that helps um, get us more seen. And our big goal is not for clout, but we want to try and impact as many people as possible in the right way for the game of basketball. So, again, let me know what you guys think. I appreciate you listening. Without further ado, let's get to it. Cartier French Tony, Love the Process podcast. Let's get it. We got uh, episode two of Love the Process. Um, I'm here with Cartier, Cartier French, French Tony. So, so do you say all three names? Or yeah, it's my last name. French Tony is hyphenated. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get it wrong. So, um, from Seattle area. Yeah, Seattle, from Washington. Seattle, Seattle, Washington. South Seattle. Okay, represent. <laughs> nah. So, um, so I just wanted to you know sit down with him and really talk just about development, kind of his process, again into the training business and everything like that. So. Um, just tell the tell the people how old you are, um, and you know, just kind of give them, I guess, a brief background before we before we get into it. Uh, I'm 29. Uh, I've been training for since 2013, and I kind of just got into it as a way to stay around the game and stick around basketball. Like I was heading into my last year of college, and I knew that it was coming to the end. Like I knew I wasn't gonna play overseas. I knew I wasn't gonna be in the NBA. So I was like, I gotta find a route that can keep me around the game, and I love what I do. So I just started training, and I took a kid who had he averaged seven points a game as a freshman, and he ends up averaging 23 points a game as a sophomore. And I was kind of like, okay, well, I'm on to something here. Like, you just don't make a significant jump like that without putting in the work, and then it's just it's been building ever since then. Okay, all right, for sure, for sure. What what, uh, what school did you go to? Um, in high school, I went to Cleveland High School, and then after that, I did three years at Olympic Community College in Bremerton, and then I finished and I did two years in Canada at Quest University. Oh shoot, Canada! How's the how's the how's like the basketball culture up there? Is it like the same or different? Or? Um, well, I went to a smaller school, but I wouldn't say that it's really like basketball crazy. Like Canada's number one sport is hockey. Yeah, so, like hockey's the main sport, and then like. Basketball is like behind it, like it's catching up. Obviously, more people are playing, but it's still like hockey is king. Yeah, I got you. I got you. So, like, I guess when it comes to development, you've been doing it for was it, six years. I started twenty fourteen. When I started twenty thirteen, actually, so about the same time. What uh, what's some stuff? Cause like I think about my story and like some of the stuff I was doing when I first started was like kind of kind of crazy. Like, what's I guess like what's the difference of your training philosophy like from back then to what it is currently? 
when I first started, it was, you know, heavy ball handling and heavy replication of what I just seen on NBA top 10 the night before. That was <laughs> tough. Like, we went to the lab. Like, hey, James Harden did this last night. So, so we working on this right now. Like you, sound, you sound like I'm not throwing shade on nobody because I think there's a lot of like good dudes that do that. But like you sound like the Instagram, like you know, every after every night there'll be like a move and everybody on Instagram breaking down that move the next day. So that's what you. Well, I, would, I wouldn't say it was like every day, but I, I would be like, oh, you know, I would tell the kids like, oh, he did this. You know, this was tough. Like you know, maybe the footwork was like this, or mm-hmm. you know, he did this at this angle or something like that. You know, try to replicate it. But I wasn't like promoting myself on social media. Like trying to be seen as the trainer who can do the NBA moves and teach the NBA moves, and I wasn't recording it neither. Like, yeah. look at what we're working on. Like, I did it once. Like, I can only remember myself doing it one time. Other than that, I wasn't really recording to show the grind because back then you couldn't even record videos on Instagram. Yeah, like uh, you can only take pictures. <laughs> yeah, so it was like you just only get a snapshot of what you were doing, and then it went to like the 15 second videos and then longer, but. Still, I never like. I've never been big on putting everything on social media. I still feel like if you want to see what goes on and what we're doing, like the best way to do it is to come work out. Because I feel like if you put your content out there on social media, you know it's easy to be critiqued. It's easy to be stolen, and now it's like people don't need you no more mm-hmm. because they can just watch you on YouTube or they can watch you on Instagram and mimic the stuff that you teach or mimic the stuff that you do. So it's kind of not really authentic to me, but at the same time, it's like share the content while you got it because you don't know who you could reach and promote yourself on social media because it can bring more business to you. And you see it with a lot of the trainers that are doing really well is they do a really good job of marketing and yeah. promoting their business on social media. So I have to learn for myself that it's less about like trying to be secretive about what you're doing and promote yourself and promote what you're doing otherwise people won't see your work yeah no nah, that's real like that's like i was wondering like i i go back well post some or do i not because like a lot of times like i don't want to post stuff but at the same time i realize like essentially if you got a kid you know just the day and age like everything's about clout nowadays so like, <laughs> i mean it's just real like everybody wants clout so you post some and a kid i feel like it's almost like teetering the fence of working out you post something like oh like well i see him working out that now i want to go work out or something like that i want to get the gym with him so it's like it's that like balance of like do you market yourself or do you do you stay secretive and I, I feel like that's like a it's like a thing with trainers now it's like some people that like don't want you to post at all it's like i'm just working silence there's other people that blast everything it's like i feel like it's like two two sides it's like stay like they're always fighting about like which way is right I feel like there's no right answer. I don't know for me, but no, there's not. To me, there's not a right or there's not a wrong. Like if you're gonna post, post. If you're not gonna post, post. Like, I mean, you know, I've had kids who you know who don't want to be posted. Okay, so I'm not gonna post you, you know. But when I talk about the process and the success, like you can't be upset if you do get posted. Yeah. Like you know, like it's not to take credit or to take claim for you. It's to say like I've worked with you, you know. Like when Apple builds a phone and they work with a company, they give credit to mm-hmm. who helped build them, helped yeah. them build the phone that made them successful. So that person gets credit. So why wouldn't I get credit for, you know, helping you become a better player? Like I'm not looking for it to say, oh, I'm the reason why you're great. No, there's a lot of pieces to this puzzle that go together to it. I was integral to the process, you know, so just giving the person their due credit is important to me during this whole process because you work with kids and you work them up and then they get to a certain level and it's like 
or they just forget about you and then they go work with a big name trainer on Instagram and now you see everybody like, oh, that's his trainer, that's his trainer, that's his trainer. And it'd be the furthest thing from that, but yeah, you know, I don't want to get on that subject. <laughs> I don't, I don't want nobody blocking me on Twitter or you know, <laughs> calling my phone upset with me. So you shouldn't have said that because I'm about to ask a question about it. <laughs> That's good. Thanks. Um, so, like, I mean, it's just been a topic I've seen a lot on social media, you know, and I guess it's kind of the heavy lifter type thing. What's your philosophy on that? You feel like that's a real thing and or, you know, you feel like that's more so because I, I agree with what you just said. Like, there's there's a lot of dudes that, you know, kind of come around after the player's already established and then they get all the credit from dudes that haven't been around that guy at all. So you just see on social media and it's like, oh, like, I mean, I've seen the craziest things. Like I've seen Trey Young working with, or not even working with, playing pickup with a dude. And then you got people talking about, oh, he working with Trey Young. It's like, Trey Young didn't work with like Trey, neither here nor there. But what are your, what are your thoughts on like, you know, I guess like heavy lift? Do you think that's a real thing? Like, are you, you know, or is it? I definitely think that's a real thing because like, there's always a dude behind the scenes who put in the heavy work, who did the dirty work when the player wasn't no good. But I feel like if you're working with a player, like your job is to help them to get better no matter when you meet them, whether it's year That's seven true. in the NBA or they're a sophomore in high school and they're no good. Like your job is to add and help make their game better and continue to grow their process and grow their game. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, like, just help the dude get better, whoever you're working with, like, you know, like, in my opinion. But, I mean, you got these dudes who will put in the work, and then you got these, you know, big-name trainers on Instagram, and they're sliding in all these kids' DMs, and making dudes to work out, and they're chasing the fame while the dude's not posting and picking the kid up and feeding the kid and housing the kid and doing all that type of stuff isn't getting any credit. Like, they don't look and see that stuff. They just see him doing the workouts with the dudes who are in their DMs and, DMing them all the time and calling them and texting them and begging them to work out, but them dudes won't talk about that part. They just want to promote them and say, "Oh, I've worked with them." They don't want to talk about how they was begging them to work out. Yeah, no, that's 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 real. That's very real. So like, back on like you know kind of the development process. You said like you start off with like a heavy emphasis of ball handling. Like what's, I guess like what's like. If you had a specialty, you know what would it be now? Like what do you think like I guess the main key you know for your development is. Ooh, that's a tough question. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think I have a specialty. Like, I don't have one thing where you're like, this is what he does really, really well. You know, yeah. like, this is the specialty. Like, I mean, more so, I, I think my specialty doesn't have anything to do with basketball. Like, with the skills that are related on the court, I think it more has to do with the relationship that. I build with the individual and a person and getting them to buy in and to believing in themselves and believing with what's what we're doing in the gym, which pushes them to do things that they didn't know they could achieve or they could do just by having self-belief in them. Yeah. So it's just like building a relationship and a trust. Once you have that with the player, then the skills, you know, will start to accumulate because they'll believe everything you're teaching and everything you're showing them. So it's just like I've had people like that who you know they're kind of skeptical and they come to the gym and they work out and then they do a move or something that we worked on in the game and they see it works and now they come back more excited for the second workout or the third workout because they've seen some results. Yeah. But I don't think necessarily that I have like a specialty like yeah, I would say. Secret like, sauce is just there's no secret sauce. Like there's yeah. no special recipe, there's no special formula. 
like get in the gym and work on your craft, work on your game, work on your fundamentals. Like, you know, work on getting in your bag. You are going to have to get in your bag sometimes. I'm not against, you know, dribble moves and combos and stand backs. You do need it sometimes. It is applicable, but like with everything, there's a time and place for everything. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I agree with that a lot. Do um, you think, like, I guess for for a kid, because I know there's going to be like a lot of, you know, players that probably watch this, a lot of other trainers or aspiring coaches, whatever the case may be, um, or listen to this. You know, for someone that's, you know, let's just say, we'll, we'll go different levels. Let's say like a high school player. Like, what do you think the most important skill is for a high school player? Like, I'm trying to get on the floor. I'm trying to get a scholarship, whatever the case may be. What do you think, like, they need to work on the most? Shooting. Yeah, there's a, there's a premium on shooting right now. If you can make shots, there's somewhere for you on the court. There's a lot of dudes right now who can touch the paint at will. But then when the defense collapses and the defense helps, they're kicking out and it's clink, clink. <laughs> so now, next time they don't yeah. kick out, they're throwing it up into the trees over a seven-footer. Like, yeah. it's just a premium for shooting. Like, shooting and being able to play off other dudes. And it's a skill that a lot of people don't work on because a lot of times, training, even myself sometimes, you know, I oversaturate somebody having the ball in their hand so much and it's not realistic. But I mean, I also emphasize that to the kids in their head. Like, you might not have the ball in your hands as much, you know. I also remind them, like, you got to be able to play in space. You got to be able to move. You got to be able to find the angles to where you can get open. Like, yeah. So it's just reiterating that part, too. Like, you know, teaching them that there's other things to do besides just having the ball and doing the fancy moves. Yeah, making no. shots will get you on the court. Every team needs people that can make shots at every level. Yeah, no, that's 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 true. Like I, I mean, I, I was at PGM and I was at PGM, and like I seen like a lot of kids, not a lot of kids, but you see some kids that like athletically probably don't match match up with everybody else that's out there, but they can shoot the ball. So they got a spot on one of the top teams in the country. I mean, you see it in every team, team like. You see, don't take this the wrong way for you guys out there, but you see a team of four black kids and they got one white kid on the court. Everyone knows why this white kid is on the team for and why he's on the court because he can make shots. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's stereotypical, but it's reality. But you're really tired, so yeah. I mean, but it's big, though. I mean, if you can shoot, like, to me, I don't know if you watched, um, did you watch PSA play at all at PSA? Yeah, I did. Jamal Mashburn probably had the purest. Jamal Bachelor Jr. probably had the purest jumper that I seen of anybody yeah. all week there. Like he looked like a, a replica of his father. Yeah. Like I was like, damn, this, this dude, he's cold. Like he's smooth. Like he shoots effortlessly. Like and it's here and it's pretty every time. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, you know, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for dudes with pretty pure jump shots and. I see a lot of it, you know. I see yeah. a lot of ugly form out there. Yeah, yeah I feel like I'll be telling my players too. Like, I feel like obviously the ball got to go in. It don't matter how it looks, you know, to get in the rim. But like, at least have it look decent. Like, I, you know what I'm saying, like, I just feel like if you if you if you can shoot the ball and you can, you know, you're saying your shot looks good, even if you have all day. Like, I can tell. Like, all right, yo, I can, he's having a bad day, but he can make shots. Like, if you were okay shooting, you streaking that crap. You know, looking like this, like I'm just not a believer. If you have off day, I'm automatically if, I, if I'm a scout or whatever the case may be, and I see you one time, I, you know what I'm saying like you're not hitting shots. 
I'm automatically thinking he can't shoot, even if you can, just because you got broke form. But that's neither. But I mean, that's that's kind of like how college coaches think, though. Like they look at it like that rather than like, oh, well, this dude does this, this, and this well. You know, well, I can get him in the gym and mm-hmm. fix his shot and change his shot and turn him into a shooter. They rather try to find the ready-made player rather than grab a dude who got a deficiency and turn that deficiency into a strength. Like they don't really want to get out here and, and work and do the real development, but then they bash the trainers who be actually in the gyms with these kids. That's, that's for you sure. Back, you back at home doing that bull with your trainer. <laughs> like, but you're not in the gym with them grinding. You do your eight hours, and then you go home. Like, you're not in the office when them kids want to work. Like, Yeah, I know, I know there's a lot of coaches like that. A lot, a lot. So, with, with development for you, like, kind of, Everyone knows, well, not everyone, but a lot of people know. You know, you have a top player. You know, I don't like bringing it up early because there's a there's a lot of you know players all around. But like you know, just reality. Like from a training standpoint, like two things. You know, because I've been in a similar situation at one point in my life. Like from you know, do you approach his training any different? Then you are gonna approach, you know, our average high school dude, or it's gonna be like, hey, I don't give a dang if you top five in the country, if you're gonna be number one pick, like we still finna work on the fundamentals, we still finna do the same things every single time, or is it like, I'm trying to prepare you right now, so in two years, you know what I'm saying, or a year, you know, you could be making, you could be making millions. Like how you approach that? It's a, it's a fine line. For me, it's a fine line. Um, first things I approach it as, you're no different than. A kid who's starting out, like if they can get in here and work on their jab steps and their rips and yeah. get into the rim and floaters and little touch shots and pull ups, you can get out here and do the same thing because those same things will earn you millions of dollars too. Mm. And then there's the fine line of like, okay, well, in my head, all right, he's going to need this in two years. Okay, let's start working on it a little bit. You know, maybe he may not use it right now. But at least when he gets to wherever he's going, someone may show him, like he may work with somebody else and they may start to show him the same thing. Now it may click a little bit, but it's like, I've already worked on this, you know, but someone else is teaching him it again, but it's like. He already has a foundation for it. Yeah, so it's like building a foundation of what you'll need now and what you'll need later. Like you still got to master your fundamentals. Like it's a simple game. Yeah. At the end of the day, can you get to your spots? Can you get your shot off? Can you catch a shoot? Can you make shots? Can you get by the dude that's guarding you? Can you get by a Kawhi and get you a bucket? Can you go get 20 every night and every team knows that you're going between the legs to the left to right cross to pull up? Like, can you get your game off regardless? So for me, it's like, you gotta master your move, master your, master what you do really well and become great at those things. And then also work at your deficiencies at the same time. Yeah, what's like your ratio? Like for me, like, you know, personally, it varies, I guess, from player to player. It kind of varies, I guess, what stage I get you in. You know what I'm saying? If you're already like a, I don't want to say established player, because you got Brooke Lopez out here running threes out of nowhere. So, you know, you can always get better at stuff. But, like, you already, you know, got your game pretty much. Like, you ain't going to get Kyle Corbin in the gym and, all right, let's get in your James Hart back. Like, that's just, <laughs> that's just not going to happen. But at the same time, like, what do you, for you, what's your, like, percentage of, like, are we going to work on your strengths? Are we going to work on your, you know, deficiencies or whatever? Um, it all it all depends to me. So, are we getting ready to go to Peach Jam? Or, okay, well we're gonna work on everything that you need to get good at, so that you go out here, you feel confident, and this is what you do. Like this is your moves. Like your, um, are we getting ready for your high school game this week? And you're playing the worst team in your league. All right, well we might work on some different stuff. 
yeah. that you might not normally do just so that you might go out there and just try to do something different in your game. But it's always a little bit of doing what you do like and, and working on it every day. Like, hey, this is your go-to move. All right, well, we're going to work on your go-to move, you know, so that you're comfortable still doing what you do really well. But also trying to get you to try new things and get out of your comfort zone at the same time. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, like, what's a, you know, there's, we actually was talking about it right before we, we uh, started the podcast or whatever, you know, kind of about the, the basketball culture in certain areas of, of the country and everything. Like, what's one thing that you think is missing, like, that'll help dudes just get better? Like, because for me, like, and we close to the same age. Like, I grew up, we had, I mean, we had video games. I would play Call of Duty all the time and stuff like that. But, like, I was always outside hooping, like, in my free time. Like, summertime, I was outside eight hours a day. Like, I was hooping, go get food, go back outside, hoop. I wouldn't come in until it was dark. Like, for me, I feel like dudes just don't hoop anymore. Like, I feel like, I don't know how it is in Seattle, but again, like, in Florida, like, maybe it's hotter, I don't freaking know. But, like, dudes just don't play, like, outside. Like, unless it's you organized pickup and, like, you know, you got, where I'm at currently, if there ain't a ref, a coach, dudes don't really want to play. And if they do, it's one to two times a week. It ain't like they just like hoop. So, like, for me, that's what I feel like, you know, basketball players are missing for development. Like, a lot of them just don't freaking, we're not talking about elite dudes that got hella instincts, but, like, a lot of dudes, they just don't freaking play. Like, so, for you, like, what's one thing that you think, like, I don't know, guys could just, like, do differently that would, like, help basketball overall in general? I mean, it's kind of it's the same epidemic everywhere. Like, you know, everyone feels like kids don't hoop enough, you know? Like, they could be in the gym playing more, doing more. But, I mean, to me, I kind of look at it like it is what it is. Like, y'all don't want to hoop. Y'all don't want to get better. Like, don't come back complaining when you don't get what you wanted and you don't get what you deserved out of this when you were sitting around and you were doing nothing. Like, I feel like there's always a run or something going on. Like, yeah. you know, like, they talk about all the time, like, Liberty Park and Renton. Like Jamal Crawford court, they're like it's packed every day. So it tells me that the OGs are still out there hoping. Like you can take yourself to Liberty Park, you can take yourself to one of these college open gyms. Like yeah. you go to one of the junior college open gyms. Like when I go to the community center, I know that I gotta get there early some days so I can lock down the court. Cause if I don't lock down the court, they're coming in and run. Like and I need my half to do my training or whatever. Yeah. So it's like I see the runs and the hoop happening. It's just you gotta get out there and you gotta. Like, you see it with younger kids though. I mean, it's older kids or like you no know, older adults, but it's still like the young kids can join and get in. They just they choose not to. The runs are there, but it's like when we were growing up, you were going to the gym or the gym. The runs over here. Okay, well let's get on the bus and we going to the other side of the city. Oh, they hooping again at night. All right, let's get on the bus. We going over yeah. there. You gotta just go find it. And I feel like a lot of people don't get on the city transportation. It's like if I don't got a ride, like I ain't going. I don't got no ride. Like, the bus work. The bus will take you everywhere you need to go. Like, you got city transportation, especially in Seattle. Like, there's really good city transportation. It will take you wherever you need to go. But, I mean, it's just hooping. Just hoop. Like, you're, you're, I say this from a skills trainer standpoint. Your skills trainer ain't going to help you just get better. Like, he not. Like, you're going to have to go play at some point in time. Like, he can help you develop your game, but you still got to go out there and hoop. Like, you still got to play 505. Yeah, I feel like as a skills trainer, a lot of times, like parents, like players, like I feel like they almost lose you sometimes. Like, like you're a magician. Like, you're going to come two times a week, 
Like, I don't know how often kids come to you. Like, I have some kids that, like, they want to do just random, come in one time a week, and it's like, they want me to train them and, and turn them from freaking averaging three on JV to being a star on varsity, averaging 25. Like, no lie, I had a kid. <laughs> I had a kid come in. Uh, he told my wife, she's like, yeah, he trained Kevin Knox. And um, I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, he wants to be a one and done. I think we're going to come one time a week. That to, ain't to a ball handling class, and I'm like, that ain't it. <laughs> like, that ain't what, it. what world do you live in? You know what I'm saying? I, I just, I feel like it's like you, like you said it perfectly. Like, there's only so much a trainer can do. Like at the end of the day, like you got to hoop. Like you got to be able to use your stuff in situations where you ain't finna get yelled at if you make a mistake and get taken out of the game, and cussed out, like, or be scared to try something for the first time. Like, that's where you develop instincts. Like when I grew up playing, like I didn't really have training. I just all I did was hoop. Like. I figured out what worked. I figured out what didn't work. You get ripped on this thing, or right, I gotta get lower next time. Like without getting cussed out by coach and being put on the bench. Like I feel like it's like missing with kids actually trying new things or whatever. For for the average kid, I mean, obviously, like I said, there's elites that. No, it definitely is. But man, if you're not in the gym five to seven days out the week, man, hang this. Up, man. Hang <laughs> you can cuss. Up, man. Nah, you never know who's watching, man. Perception is reality, but. <laughs> If you're not in the gym five to five to seven days a week, man, hang it up, man. If you're not in there for four to six hours a day, hang it up, man. If you're not working on your body, if you're not going to the gym in the morning, if you're not going to the gym at night, like hang it up, man. Can can, can you just? Oh, I'm gonna be real petty right now, but I'm gonna show this to everybody I work out with. Can you do me a favor and like, you know, I like ask people to do it. Can you name drop a few players that you worked out with? So when you say that for a person that doesn't know who you are. Your name holds more weight now, and now when I repeat this to them, I'd be like, you said it, not me. Maybe they'll listen to it, because they don't listen to anything I say. Like, when I'd be like, yo, you ain't in the gym all the time. Like, well, what are you doing it for? Like, you might as well quit now and save your parents some money. Save yourself the time. Like, just just, just tell them, like, a little bit who you work with, and then just repeat that one more time. Because I'm, I'm, I'm dead ass. I'm showing that to everybody on the team. <laughs> I mean, some of the people I work with, like, I worked with John Rondo. I worked with Peyton Siva. I worked with Kyle Kuzma. I worked with Jaden McDaniels. Uh, I've worked with Aaron Brooks. I worked with Trey Simmons. Like I've worked with a lot of people that play overseas. Like I've worked with Dejounte Murray. He plays in the NBA. So it was just like working with a lot of dudes. Like and they really love the game. Like I worked with Anthony Brown at Stanford. He played for the Lakers. Played for the Timberwolves. Like I worked with Corey Higgins last summer. He's overseas in Europe. Like he's the highest paid American in Euroleague. Okay. So, like, I've just worked with dudes and they just, they love to work. Like, they just love the grind. Like, you have to love this. If you don't love it, hang it up. If you're not in the gym five to seven days, hang it up. If you're not working four to six hours, hang it up. And four to six hours don't mean just in the gym. It means in the weight room. It means watching film. It means going in the morning, going at night. Those are things that you have to do to be successful. Like, if you're not doing that, hang it up. Sorry. It's not gonna be for you like him. I thought I was tripping when I said all these things, but I get on Facebook all the time and I'll see a status and it's like six in the morning going to the gym and grinding. Then I'll look a little later as I scroll, there's another one or I'm checking in at the gym at 11 o'clock, I'm back for the night shift. And I was like, dang, I really used to put it in the time. So like, yeah. I'm not out here just preaching a message that I didn't that practice. Didn't yeah. yeah, me and my teammate in college, Brendan Sanders, we used to get up by ourselves, no skills trainer, put the garbage can on the court. That was where we would make the move. Make at. Move. We was getting up at six in the morning on our own in junior college. Like 
we didn't need no motivation. Like you gotta you gotta be motivated and you gotta be self motivated at the same time. Yeah. Like you gotta want this stuff and you can't let the the money be the reason that drives you. Otherwise, once you get paid, you're gonna start working. Yeah. Like to be great, like that just gotta be your motivation and your drive. And then the money or whatever you're seeking will come. Like just continue to get better at the game. And I have this talk a lot with dudes, and I tell them like. The NBA ain't the only way to get paid. Like, I get that you see that on TV and that they earn a lot of money, but you can go overseas and you can make a living as well and make oops, excuse me, and make a lot of money and live the same lifestyle that these dudes are living. Don't get so entrenched in that. Like, be entrenched in making the most means for yourself that you can make before you have to go back to normalcy and living a regular life and you know, getting a college coaching job or working TV or working a regular job or, you know, saving up your money, investing your money and making sure you got good credit scores and, you know, just the stuff they didn't give us and the game they didn't give us when we was younger, just making sure you're doing those things the right way. Yeah. Like, you make this money, don't be broke when it's all said and done. Don't, you don't got to keep up with the Joneses. Like, you don't need the Gucci. You don't need the fat crib. Like, you don't need the... I had a player. Like, you don't oh, need man. all that stuff, man. You can live frugal and, you know, still have money in the bank. Like, man, that's what the, the Jewish people and the rich white people are doing, man. They're driving, the, they're not driving the Tesla and, you know, the Porsche and the i8s that got a little Ford and they don't wear Nike. They wear some sweatsuit that you don't even know the name brand. And, you know, you're like, man, you got no money. He don't got no Gucci belt on, no Ferragamo, like no Louis belt, but his bank account got M's in it. Like, he was good. There's a dude that um I did a camp with in Jacksonville, and he was like, I think he was worth, like, his social company or had a company for, like, 300 mil. And I stayed at his house. Like, he was like, oh, yeah, you can stay at, like, where you do the camp. And, like, I have an extra room. Well, he had a guest house. It wasn't no dang room. This man was driving around in, like, a 1995 Lexus. Like, old Lexus. You like, like old. Like, I would Nothing. We went to, we stopped to get breakfast in the morning. We went to McDonald's. Like, hash brown. Like, like that Like that was our breakfast. Like, old Lexus. Like, you would have thought it would, like, had a, like, dents in him. You would have thought it was, like, broken. You pulled up to his house and that crap like, in hotel, like so, you said like, you never know, but no, nah, that's 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 real. Like that's I think that's gonna segue to my next question. That's the stuff that I don't think a lot of kids get on a consistent basis. Cause I think a lot of trainers want to be dudes' friends rather than because I feel like as a trainer, it's it's deeper than training. I feel like you're almost like a mentor because you spend a lot of time with these kids. Like you, if you really put in the work with them, you know. You work on it for multiple hours a day or you know, two hours a day. You gotta think about the kid at school for what? I don't know. Was it eight hours a day? Yeah, seven and a half, eight hours. Seven and a half, eight hours a day. They ain't really talking to their. I mean, obviously close to your parents because you around them all the time. But like, you gonna have a, a very close relationship with that kid if you in the gym with him for two hours a day, and then you go into this games, you support him, you texting them back and forth, like all type of stuff. So FaceTime. Yeah, all that. Uh, you you you're 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 almost like a mentor. Not almost. You are. Yeah, you a mentor are too. a mentor. Right? And so keeping it real with them, I feel like is there's a lot of yes men. I'll say that. No, there are. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of dudes who want to be around and they want to be buddy buddy and in the club, but. Um, to me, I feel like your job is to give them the game, like give them the free game that you didn't get and help them be successful. And it's on them to apply it. You know, they can't, they don't want to turn around and look at you and say, oh, well, he didn't help me. You know, he didn't tell me the right things. He didn't tell me the right stuff. 
Like, I give dudes the game, like, all the time. Like, I'm trying to give away free game. Like, Jay McDaniels, you know, as a kid I've been working with since he was, you know, 14, 15 years old, since he was a freshman in high school. And, you know, to see where he's at now, I, I didn't think that he would be right here where he's at as a projected, you know, first-round pick, you know, top 10, top 15 in the draft next year. So right now I talk to him all the time about financial literacy, about managing your money, about taking care of your finances, about investing your money, you know, not buying a lot of cars, not buying a lot of jewelry, not buying a lot of excess things that you don't need and making your money stretch and making this be generational wealth. And I don't know if a lot of people are expressing those same things or talking about those same things, but I know I'm trying to do my part to help him become business savvy, you know, not just not trusting financial advisors too. Like, Financial advisors could burn you, making sure you know how much money's in your account, where your money's going. So if you do lose money, you know where it's at. Like account for your shit. Don't just trust somebody else with your bread. So that's the part of it that people don't see that us as mentors and trainers do. Like we spend a lot of time with these kids, but we also talk real life situations with them. We're not just picking up a basketball and taking them to shooting and dapping them up and going home like I feel like a lot of coaches feel like that low-key like just being real like a lot of college coaches like that throw shade like just feel like you feel like a lot, for me at least I know some of them they feel like I'm a leech like it's like nah bro like I got a real relationship with this kid like <laughs> if I didn't you wouldn't have been calling me throughout the whole recruiting it's, process it's crazy how that works what's going on and what's he thinking and and what's he doing? Have you talked to him? Like, it's crazy how that works. And I deal with that a lot with Jaden, especially with him being, you know, a quiet individual, you know, people thinking I knew. I don't know. Don't call me. Um, call his parents. You know, call his mom, call his dad, call him. You know, you want the real information. You know, and I don't get too I don't get too entrenched in it because as soon as you don't got no players, they're not they gonna call care. you. <laughs> yeah. They're not gonna call you no more. So I understand that, but you know, just for the whole process, like it was surreal, like, you know. Kentucky recruiting you like you talk to this John Calipari, this Kenny Payne, like ooh, this big tongue, like you know, you feel like something, but then after you know it wears off, it's like you know, this is another dude, like it's another yeah. coach, like he got a job to do, he got to win games, he got to feed his, he got to feed his family, you know. But you see them dudes, like I seen Kenny Payne at PGM, it was all love, you know, no wish they nothing but the best in the family, you know, nothing but the best, you know. Yeah, you know, so you can tell like it's a little bit genuine, but at the same time. It's a business, and you can't get your your feelings and your emotions caught up in it. And that's the same thing I'm learning with training, too, as you continue to do it, is that you can't get so emotionally tied up with these kids, even though you invest so much time with them, you know, that if things don't go as planned or, you know, if you don't get put on or if they don't take care of you or they don't look back and have you doing pre-draft and making sure you're taken care of when you was taking care of them when you didn't have nothing, like, you know, you can't really get upset about things like that otherwise you're just going to be getting mad about a situation that's out of your control and it's not going to change anything once you get mad like yeah but you got to go through those things to understand it you know for people out there who think like oh well, you worked with him like he's going to take care of you like no it don't happen like that mm -hmm. like it might not be like that and you can't expect somebody to take care of you so you got to continue to put the work in and continue to grind and continue to develop and get in there with the youth and work with the kids in the inner city and you know, help them get better too. Like you can't just put all your eggs in one basket on this kid who's supposed to be a future pro. Like I don't look at it like that. Like I look at it like, how can I develop my next pro? Yeah. Like how can I make the next Jaden McDaniels? Who wanna go from unknown to top five in the country? Like, you know, or who can be the next CJ Ellaby where don't nobody know you 
and now you go average 15 and 7 in the Pac-12 and now you're on draft boards and you know you're getting NBA workouts when all the dudes in your class they talked about all the other dudes but they never talked about you who want to be the dude that's unknown and become the dude who's known now yeah those, those are people I'm looking for so if you know if I continue to work with Jaden or work with whoever going forward as they get to the NBA and through the process, you know, then I'll be very blessed and, you know, hopefully that brings more clientele, you know, and more fruitful relationships. If not, then I'll continue to stay in my city and get back to the youth. Like, and that's where it's at because one day that same youth is going to grow up and he's going to either be inspired by, he could be inspired by what you did and want to get into training and want to get back and give into the youth and give into the inner city and working with kids and you just never know how paying it forward can come back and return. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's real. Like, that's like one thing. I mean, we talk about shoot. I'm, I'm learning right now. It's like you can't, you can't feel as if I guess like you're almost like owed some. You know what I'm saying? Like from from working with them dudes, because you never know how it's gonna turn out. Like things change once there's so many moving parts with it. You know what I'm saying? There's no, there's no guarantee with anything. But you know, it's like what what you told me earlier. We was in the hallway, like. And for me, like it's it's frustrating. Some like some of the you know the pro stuff can be very very frustrating. You know that when things don't turn out the way you, you, know, you think they might or you hope they might. But what you told me in the, in the hallway is real for anybody that's listening. That's when wants to be a trainer or something like that. You got to treat every kid. What do you say? Give give your all to every kid. No yeah, matter you who gotta it is. Give your all. It don't matter who it is. Whoever it is, like give them your all. Like. You never know what that could turn into. It could turn into NBA player. They could turn into a CEO at a business. Like, mm-hmm. and I always remember what you've done for them, and they'll refer you to other people based off the energy that you've given them. Like, the energy is universal, and it always returns. Yeah, like give every kid your all. If you do a clinic and you thought you were gonna have thirty-five kids, and you got one kid show up, give that kid your all. Give him everything you got. You give him your best drills. Give him your best speeches. You never know what that could turn into. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, so one thing we was talking about, you know, off camera just now, I think it'll be good for some people to, to hear kind of like what's your, I guess, philosophy um, on training roles, you know, because everybody got different roles. And, you, you know, we were just talking about it with um, Jaden and, and Jalen. Um, so how do you kind of, you know, get them as much as you can from a training standpoint to buy in on the roles? Um, you know they might have because one dude you know might get the ball in his hands like we just talked about you know he's asked to be that guy another guy you're asked to play off of other dudes like that so and then you train them differently um for their roles and anything like that so just for any players that's listening yeah you have to you have to train for your role like in what where the team sees that you're fit and andre if you ever watch the board room mm-hmm. so andre Iguodala touched on that he goes Dudes in the summer, they train for their <laughs> game. They don't train for how their game fits the team. Yeah. So you got to train for how you're going to fit the team, how you're going to play in that role for whatever team you're playing. Uh, if your dude is primary score, you get the ball on the wing and you get a lot of ISOs, okay, now you get to work on your ISO stuff. You come off screens or you're spacing the floor and you're lifting or you're drifting and you're a catch-and-shoot guy and a defender, then all we're working on is catches and shooting. We're you know, we're wasting our time if we're working on dribble combos and moves. Maybe it's a quick rip to the rim and a finish with our right hand or left hand or a floater with either hand. But everything has to fit how the team, 
you know, how you're going to play into your role on the team. Otherwise, it's not purposeful. Like, you got to find your your skill and be really become really good at that skill. Like, Mark Edwards calls me all the time, and he always says this, and it sticks in my head. And I put it on Twitter the other day. What is your one NBA skill that you do really well that you can hang your hat on? You got to get one skill that you're really good at and hang your hat on it. Yeah. And that one skill can get you paid. But a lot of people don't want to buy into that. You know, not to like knock people, but it's like you like watch Michael Lancaster. Michael Lancaster is a really good trainer. I'm not knocking him. I watch all his videos. He shares a lot of good content. He says a lot of good things, some things I don't agree with. But with everybody, there's going to be some things that people watch on here that they don't agree with me. But like he talks about, like, he doesn't do like game, like game situational stuff. Like, mm -hmm. he does like more like skill enhancement. And there's a difference between skill enhancement and game enhancement. Yeah. And that's the part that I kind of had to learn as I watched more of his stuff. It's like, okay, a lot of the stuff he's doing is to enhance your skills. It might not be to enhance your, you know, your game situational skills. Mm -hmm. So there's like, you got to find a fine line between skill enhancement and game enhancement. Sometimes we're doing stuff to enhance the skills, but it does necessarily doesn't translate to, you know, your, your game situational drills but there's a fine balance between the two. Like, you don't want to saturate the training so much where like, okay, it's fun, and you're getting all this good work in, but then you get back to your team, and it don't apply. Yeah. So the work's gotta be applicable. If it's not applicable, then why are, why are we doing it? So how do you balance, like, let's say like, so I got a dude that's actually staying with me, like one of my one of my best friends, Charlie, and he plays a D2 right now, he's staying with me for the summer to work out or whatever. Um, his role, Defense, great defender and shooter, you know, three and D dude. He's going to a senior year of college. So from your standpoint, so I can learn something, what what would you do with him in the summer? Is this gonna be straight, you know, lifts, drifts, that type of stuff, you know, like we said, the rip throughs, getting up quick floaters, or are you gonna be like, Hey, now we wanna add a little bit to your game, even though we know that's what gonna be what you do, that's your you know, your meat and potatoes. Now we're gonna add a little bit on there. You know, just so hopefully if you get opportunity, you can add more. Like, what's like, what's your balance of like, we gonna work on what you do, but at the same time, you know, there might be a you know shot clock winding down situation where you got the rock, and we don't want you to be a dud. Just chuck that joint up, knowing that it's not gonna drop. So it's like in the beginning of your workout, or you know, like majority of it is get to the meat and potatoes. You know, get to what you do well, get to what you're gonna do. Like towards the end. So okay, well let's work on some some situational things. Okay, you caught it here. You come off a ball screen, they switch. Okay, let's get into a quick move to a pull up or something. Or let's quick has he pull up like you know just trying different things out for him um, because you never know when he might be in a situation. But you know that you've touched on the basis of his game you know. before you move on before you get to the other stuff. Mm -hmm. Like still work on it though because you don't know when he might need it. You don't know the coach might expand the role senior come back. Hey man, this dude left. We didn't get this dude that we thought we were gonna get. We're gonna need a little more from you. Yeah, you know, cool. I've been working on this all summer, coach. I had the ball on my hands, you know, a little bit more. You should still always work on your ball handling mm -hmm. because ball handling is like fighting. Like you, you, you should be ready sometimes. You know, you might not ever need to use your hands, but you should be ready sometimes just yeah. in case you got to. So you know, ball handling is kind of like fighting. Like you always gotta stay ready. Like you know, you might not need the twin, 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 twin cross. Like well, you know, you might need just a cross between the legs, yeah. behind the back. You know, just those three simple moves, and be strong in what you do. I got you. But just become really good at what you do, like.
Okay, that's really good. Embrace your role. Yeah, be a superstar what you do. There's nothing wrong with it. Like Ken Faree got $60 million on rebounding and pounding his chest and running hard. Yeah. He got paid. Like, okay, yeah, he's struggling to find a role right now in the current NBA, but in $60 million that's, that's that he signed, which is probably really about 40 or 35 after taxes. Still 35. It's a lot better. <laughs> you know, and that, that's the part that I didn't touch on earlier, too. Like, and I should have said it when we talked about like finances. Like I talked to Jaden all the time. Is okay. You got a contract for one point two. You know, you really only gonna get six hundred thousand, maybe seven hundred thousand. Don't forget to take out taxes. Yeah. So you never really make as much money as you think you're making. Yeah. And you know, you don't think that you see him sign for one hundred forty-one million dollars, or to be honest, with the what supermax possibly they's up for with the two hundred fifty-three million. You're like always oh, getting two hundred fifty-three million. Nah, he might get 150 million after taxes. Yeah, that's crazy. It's still a lot of money, but don't forget that your money's getting taxed. Yeah. You gotta go to Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam wants his bread too. Yeah, nah, for sure. That's a big difference. Big, big difference. But you know, you're right. There's um, Chris works out um, a uh, guy that works for me, Chris, Chris Gray. He works out Reggie Evans' kid. And Reggie Evans, I don't know how much money. 13, a lot of money. Vet, 50, 60 mil. Average four points a game. He rebounds, he sets great screens. Like Chris was telling me, he was like, you know, he, um, dude scored when he was in the league, like the highest percentage of the league when he set the screen. It's like, he set great screens, you get paid yeah, millions and millions of dollars. He was like that when he was in Seattle. He played for the Sonics. So, yeah. I mean, you do your role well, you know, you can, you can make a, a good living off of it. So. so, we talked about doing your role well. So, if you got a group of kids, how do you know, like, what to, you know what I'm saying, cover? You got a group of kids. Because for me, so for example, I have a point guard come in there. You got a kid that's uh, six foot four, but his coach want to play big man, knowing dang sure he's not going to be a big man, but his goal is to get to college. You got a bunch of different, like, you know, players. Mm. How do you touch on, like, if you got it? I don't know if you do groups. I do, do groups. I do groups. So, so, so how do you? Different so, types of players and different sizes in them. Um, for me, it's like, just teach the game. Teach the game. Um, sometimes when I get to my group workouts, that's when I really get to like see who can play. Like, okay, well, we're coming off the pick and roll. You got to read this weak side help defender. If they commit, you got to throw this skip pass to the corner. If not, you got to turn. So you, so you be like really putting them in game situations. Yeah. Like you're not just, you're not just like, all right, we just going to do drills. We get out a drill guy. Like, no, nah, we're going to do drills. You're going to do drills, but and you're also going to like game situations. You're so going to explain to them. You should go right from your drills. If your drills, like we talked about like, and now it transfers right away. So now you put together the decision-making process of making reads. Like even today, I had a group workout with, with these girls. And so I worked on them driving. And basically the corner person was staying home. So you got to imagine on that same side corner, they wasn't helping ball side. So they're not helping ball side. This team, they don't help ball side. So this is the situation. This team don't help ball side. They stay in the corner and they stay there with their men. So the help's coming from the weak side person who should be in the low eye. So now your read is to read this bottom defender. If they don't get there in time, you score the layup. If you see me coming, you make that skip pass to the corner. And then I talk about it's not just making the skip pass to the corner. So now in the game, you got to read when this person leaves. If that person next on the wing goes to drop and take away that skip, now your pass is right here to this wing person who might be wide open for a jumper. So you got to be able to process this thing fast and it happens quick. 
And you know how the girl today, she was throwing that boy out of bounds, like trying to make that pass. And it's a hard read because a lot of people don't think that fast or they don't think that that pass is open. But you got to go to where the help is leaving. And then now you don't put the defense in rotations. And that's where the game comes down to. You want to put them in two-on-one situations every time where you're playing that advantage. If you're yeah. playing that advantage a lot on offense, then you're winning. Yeah. Like, we got to get to playing advantage basketball. Yeah, I think that's, like, a big thing, like, with, like, development coming up. Like, there's a lot of trainers, and, like, shoot, I was like that for a while. Like, there's not, like, a lot of – not to not – because there are a lot of, you know, great dudes out there. There's a ton. Yeah, there's a lot of good a ton people of great teaching guys. hoop. Like, like, a lot of good. But then there's a lot of people that are teaching bad hoop and who are collecting a check and getting paid. Like, the game is definitely, like, saturated. Yeah. And it's watered down because – you don't have Everybody's going. When I when I first started training, I didn't think that there was a lot of people training. I couldn't like if you were to ask me like who was training, especially in my area, I would have gave you like Chris Hippa, like Donald Watts, Tony Willis, you know Adam Sedlick. After that, I couldn't give you like you know uh, Brian Johnson was actually one of the first people that I worked out with, you know, and that's you know, and then I was like. That's probably it. Like that I could think of personally. Mm-hmm. And then once I started doing it, then I felt like, damn, like everybody training now. Oh, me too. Me too. It's crazy. <laughs> like everybody training. Everybody want to get into it now. Everybody want to pick my brain and, you know, ask me for advice and for help. But when I was coming up, it's like nobody wanted to work with me. Like, oh, you're the young dude. You're trying to what? get in the game. Like, so I don't nobody want to work with you and don't nobody want to give you the game. Like me, I'm not selfish. Like there's enough kids and there's enough money out here for everybody. Like I'm not hating on nobody. And even if you get on and you're making more money than me, I'm not hating on you. Get your bread. I'm happy for you. You know, like we can celebrate other people's success without being jealous of what they're doing. Yeah. And be happy for dudes. We don't all got to be hating. Like I got to be happy for the next man. He winning. Yeah. That's, that's, that's true. Like training, training's changed a lot. Like, I remember when I started, I asked all my teammates because I started when I was in college. I did too. I had, like, one, I was I had doing... one dude that wanted to work out with me. Uh, best player on our team. Was my, one of my best friends of everybody else. Nobody wanted to work out. And it's like crazy. Like, as things change, like now, you say like, you got people like, oh, supporting you and asking questions. Like, dang, like back when I started, I had my freaking vice, pre- principal, vice president of my college tell me I was stealing kids' money. You know? <laughs> Because yeah, I wanted to trade, so it's, now you're laughing at him. But I mean, it's like that. When I first started, like nobody really respected what I did, you know, and what I was doing. And then it's like once, okay, now I got Teddy McDaniel, Teddy McDonald's, all the everybody. Now it's wherever I go, it's like people want to talk to me, like like people want me on a podcast. I yeah. have to like pick on you, but they want me to come on there and talk now and tell my story and tell this. Like, there wasn't a lot of people who wanted me to do that. Like, the first person that did that in my city was Daryl Reese. And he wasn't even, like, a big, like, sports guy. He was just, a, a, like, a, a media, like, a camera dude. Like, he was big in the filming, like, and he had his own little show. It's called, like, The Wayne Manor. Like, it was, like, a little series that he was doing just on different people in the city. Like, he was the first dude to bring me up, like, and show me love like that. I, you know, I appreciate what I was doing. And then it just took a while for other people to start reciprocating it, you know. But I never focused on the love and getting love from others like I always believed in myself and I was always my biggest fan like even when people didn't believe in me and wasn't supporting me like I supported myself all the time like I knew I was going to be successful like I just I knew it like even when I was messing with my baby's mom and 
you know, she's like, why are you training every day? Like, you're not getting paid for this. And I used to just tell her, like, be patient. We're going to be good. Like, you know, we're going to be good. You know, she wanted me at the crib all day. Like, like now nah, I'm doing this for free. Like, doing it out the trunk. Like, okay, we're not making a lot of money right now. We're struggling, but we're going to be all right. And now it's like, she's like, oh, you're gone all the time. And you don't see your kid now. You need to come get your daughter. Like, I told you this is what it was going to be a few years ago, but... You know, when I'm home, like, I get her, you know, and I spend time with her. You know, I try to be more than just a weekend dad, you know, but that's what, you know, applies right now. Like, I talked to her today on FaceTime, you know, so I try to, you know, still be involved. But, you know, I got to try to get it to a point where, you know, we're good financially. So that yeah. she's good financially, you know, and for what I tell myself is that the sacrifice is going to be worth it at the end of the day. Like, not to say, like, you know, in a bad way, but they don't really, they don't remember these youth years, like, you know, very that's what everybody, that's like what everybody that. told me. They're like, you're going to do it, do yeah, it now. you got to do it now. You know, why they don't remember it. As long as they see you all the time and, you, you know, and you're around, like, you'll always be dead. Like, she loves me more than anything. I love her more than anything. So, you know, she knows. Like, she, she's with me. I bring her to the gym with me all the time. Everybody sees her. If you see me in the gym and I got her, she coming with me. Like, when I'm working Jaden out in the morning and we're going at 5 in the morning, she right here with me. Like, she coming with me. She getting up at 5 in the morning, and we going to work out, too. Like, she right here. She going to see the whole picture. Like, I ain't shielding her or, you know, or letting her sleep in. Like, now nah, you coming so you can see what it looks like. So you know what hard work is like. You know what it's like. You know what your dad is doing. Yeah. Like, you know, you got to bring them along for the ride. Like, you know, you see it with the NBA players. They got their kids all along for everything. Like, they go to all the events with them and stuff like that. So you're showing the life, like. It just inspires you, or you know, it's gonna make you work hard at least. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's true. Mom, shoot, our son, uh, when he was getting born, well, literally when she was, my wife was in labor. I had a cat was playing West Virginia. I was watching the game when she was in labor. Uh, four days later, she was, uh, or uh, he was in the gym. He was in the gym probably for every day, probably until like the last month and a half, two months. He'd been in the gym every day, like just living in the gym so like you said like exposing and to I used everything. to do that I used to bring the uh, bring the stroller in there set the stroller shut the car seat down man and you get put, a a bottle, put a bottle in there you know the diaper might get a little a little pissy just because I've been training for too long but as soon as I'm done I'm gonna change you like yeah. you know That's the time set, set, set you down let you crawl in the court you know when she was younger she would walk on all the time now she'll sit down and be on the phone and stuff but you, know, you just see the maturation of her process too, while I see the maturation of my process at the same time. Yeah. So, close, closing up. Um, so, two questions. Why, why, why hot bread? What is hot bread? Like, explain to you what hot bread is. I don't, I don't know what it means, man. So it just it means <laughs> to be honest with you, it means. I tell everybody, it means whatever you want it to mean. Um, I got it from from AJ Diggs. Like, I seen AJ Diggs. He's a coach in the G League for the Nine uh, Five Raptors. And he put it on. He was putting it on Clint's page back when Clint was doing Tony Snell's pre-draft. Mm. And he was like, "I see you down there because like they work at the same facility." And he was like, "I see you down down there serving that hot bread." And I was like, "Ooh, I was like, well, that's dope. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm serving that hot bread too. Like, you yeah. know, I'm up here in Seattle. I'm like, I'm serving that hot bread at Jiga Two Cowboys. You know, like I'm paying homage and I'm giving them credit. You know, like I'm not taking this, yeah. you know, slogan and phrase. You know, but." He didn't really know me at the time, like, you know, like, we really don't personally, like, know each other, you know, we break bread on social media here and there, but we don't really know each other like that, but, you know, I tell him all the time, like, you know, I appreciate the slogan, like, you know, I took it and ran with it, you know, and every 
post, like, if I could go back on my old Instagram, you would see it. Like, you can look on my Facebook, like, on the picture, it'll be like, I'm serving this hot bread. Yeah. I'm serving this hot bread. I'm serving this hot bread. And then it just got the people coming. But so with that hot bread, like, hot bread, like, calling me, and I just took it and ran with it. Like, <laughs> it was catchy, and people wonder what it means. And I, I, I leave it up to you. It's your imagination. Whatever you want it to mean. Is what it means like I'm not just like oh it means this like this is exactly what it means nah whatever like it can mean whatever you want it to mean yeah and then my 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 last thing is because you know obviously I found out about you you know from social media or whatever and one of the main reasons why I wanted to you know talk with you and chop it up with you because I respect a lot of stuff you say on social media and I respect that you like don't let you hold any punches on social media like if you feeling something like you'll you'll say like if you got a question about a trainer like you gonna say it or you gonna ask them so like where does that that come from you just you know it's just like that confidence like you don't care about you know if if, if people take it the wrong way or you just honestly like because i feel like in this day and age like including me like a lot of people are very sensitive to everything and i feel like again from the outside looking in it looks like you just very real <laughs> you know what i'm saying on social media and very like blatant like a lot of things that i might think I'm gonna go on your social media. You gonna say, and I'm gonna be like, man, I, I resonate with that. I like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I gotta, I gotta listen to, to people in my inner circle. Um, you know, that might not be happy when we put some stuff out. Where you just gonna say it? So like, what's that? Just that just always have been how you are, or what's? Nah, I've always, I've always been like that. Like, you know, like people always, you know, that's, you know, if I start going off on like a tangent, you know, people don't pay no mind they just be like that's Frenchy like you know back home they'll be like that's just Frenchy like being Frenchy like yeah. crazy like but you know part of it just comes from my mom like and how I was raised like she hold no punches like <laughs> tell you tell you the real like tell you the truth like whether you like it or not like yeah. you know she, I, don't, I don't give up you know like she'll tell you like yeah. off top whatever after whatever and I don't give up how you feel so it's like you know like that's how I grown up you know like you can't be you can't be sensitive, but you also can't be afraid to to confront people and, and speak up for for what you feel like. You feel like that helps you with training, being real. Yeah, most definitely because you know all the kids know I'm not gonna come in, I'm not gonna bullshit, I'm not gonna bullshit you. Like I'm gonna hold you accountable. Like I'm gonna be real with you. I'm gonna be honest with you about yourself, about your game. Like you know, like that's what everyone says. Like you know, people you know they'll, you know parents will say. You know, a lot of people, you know, they say these things about you, but I really appreciate you for being real with my kid and being honest with my kid, you know. And then I got some parents who'll be like, hey, man, I, you know, if you want to start working with, you know, you know, people that aren't your color, you know, you might want to tone it down a little bit. And I'm like, nah, fuck that. Like, I'm going to be me, like, you know. But I also understand that, you know, like, there's a time and pace for that, you know. Like, every kid doesn't respond to, you know, that type of realness, you know. You got to find what makes each kid tick, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, from there, then you can push buttons and push triggers that, you know, can help them get better. But you just gotta be real. Like, don't be afraid to speak your mind. I get the whole point where, like, you gotta be politically correct. Like, if you want a job and you want to get on, but, like, I look at it from, like, you know, and I might be, I might get blackballed because of this, you know, I don't, I don't care. But it's like, if I look at the color of my skin, I already got one strike against me. Like, I'm already black, like, you know, and if, it, if there ain't gonna be no, ne no nepotism involved, like, I may never get my opportunity to, to to get on. Like, and that's what you see with a lot of the big name players and the star players, like, they put their dudes in a position, like, they get hired. 
Like, you got control of the situation. LeBron gets his dude hired. Like, Kawhi Leonard gets his dude hired. These other dudes, they're getting their dudes hired. Like, if you want me as a player, well, you got to hire my dude in player development or we need some type of job. You better create a title or something and I'm signing. Otherwise, we'll go somewhere else where we can get a job. Yeah. So, I mean, I just look at it like that. Like, I'm not trying to be politically correct yet. Um, I know there will become a point and a time to where I got to be politically correct and I can't say the things that I want to say and I can't speak my mind how I want to speak my mind. But until then, I'm going to speak my mind on Twitter as long as I'm not really bashing anybody and putting them down and being belligerent and, you know, talking really foul on social media, then I feel like it's fine. Um, there's also checks and balances, you know, like I get checked about my social media. Don't Don't think that I don't, you know. Don't think that I don't get checked about my social media. There are people, you know, who come up to me and, you know, or, you know, you might want to be mindful of what you said or, or watch what you're saying. You know, we don't do this. We don't do things like that here on our social media. So, like, I am cognitive of the things that I post. There are some things that I don't post. Like, I'll get to, like, typing in and be like, ah, no, nah, I shouldn't say that. You know, it's not a good reflection or it's not a good image. And then there's some days where I'm like, eh, you know, I don't care today. Like I'm saying whatever I want, you know, like my program director at, at Rotary, you know, Daryl Hennings and, and Dan Finkley are, you know, they're really big on social media and, you know, the things that you put out there and how you portray yourself. Like, get off that social media. You don't need that. And why would you say this and say that? And, hey, man, I'm just telling you, man, get off that. Like, you know, like, and they speak their mind and they tell me or say, so, you know, I, I, I try to listen a little bit, but I'm hard-headed and... You know, I'm stubborn. I'm not going to sit here and lie. You know, I'll bang my head against the wall a couple of times before I actually, like, figure it out and and do the right thing. But, you know, I, I definitely am cognitive, though, of the things that I post sometimes, you know, like, especially about, like, the training stuff. Because, like, Daryl, he talks to me all the time, like, about Rotary. Like, they've been in this business for, like, the last 25 years, numerous pros. Like, he don't get on there on social media and boast and brag about his program like he could be like these other programs do. And he always tells me, you know, and this is the last thing I'll go off, you know, before we get off this. And, you know, this is as real as it gets. He always says, when you're really good at what you do, you don't have to post and you don't have to brag about what you do. Because when you're really good about what you do, other people will talk about it and they'll brag for you. So that's just something that sticks with me when I, you know, when I get to post on social media sometimes about, you know, speaking the real. It's like... Maybe I shouldn't say that, you know, because somebody else, like you said, somebody else is going to say it for you. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, man, okay, I was already thinking that. Like, that's real. So, I mean, I just try to keep it real on social media because somebody, as they say, hey, man, I don't know who needs to hear this, but somebody <laughs> needs to hear this. Yeah. Nah, that's true. That's true. Hey, well, I'll tell you this. A lot of stuff you don't post it. Again, like, I needed to hear it. Because I've been <laughs> wanting to say the same thing, but I, I, I'm that dude that be posting, I'm like, ah. You know, let me not do it and then I go nah, I mean, you got a business and you got a brand to protect though so at the same time like I get it like I understand that part of it too as a you know as a trainer and a dude who's influential you know kids are following my social media parents are following my social media like I would never want to deter business away from myself at the same time so I kind of know when I'm pushing a fine line and you know when I need to tone it down and you know maybe when I need to turn up the pressure a little bit yeah <laughs> I got you I got you Hey man, well, I, I appreciate you for coming on everything for you know giving the time. Um, if you want to drop any of your social media stuff, I'll link it um, when we post the podcast. You know, nah, that's good. Man. You know, follow me on the gram, <laughs> Mr. Hot Red. Follow me on Twitter at Mr. Yeah I Know. 
You got a PS4, you play Madden and Fortnite. I'm at Mr. Yeah, I know in there. I'm taking all phase. I play 2K too. All that. You know? Keep working, kids. Put the work in. Hey, like you said, I'm at with this. Four to six hours a day. If you ain't doing it, quit now. I'm, Come I'm, on, I'm quit now. Over and over again. But appreciate you, man. All right.